kids. We had a great episode for you. We're talking AB news, Zeke signing, and we are back for our college pick'em. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is September 6th, and the Friday crew is back. How are we doing today, sir? Uh, football is back. It's a great day. It is a glorious day. We got Packers Bears currently ongoing as we're recording. I took uh, Little Bears minus three and a half. We are not currently winning that as of right now, but whoo, does that defense look like a monster? Except for the touchdown they just gave up. Yeah, that wasn't the best. Wasn't the best, but I mean, still, I'll take it. Seven points. They're looking very good. We have some picks to give out here later in the show. Our college picks are coming back. The Degenerate Report is coming back. We have some NFL news to cover first. The one and only Mr. Showtime himself at this point, Antonio Brown, is making big waves again. News coming down today that he almost got in a fist fight with Mike Mayock, wanted to hit him in the face. Montez Burfick, the surprise of the story there, acting as the peace broker, voice of reason, not something you hear very often. Uh, and they're looking like they're going to suspend Antonio Brown. What are we thinking about uh, what's going on down in Oakland? I do not think Antonio Brown's going to play another down of football. It's you're insane. it's getting crazy. You you're think insane. I'm insane? Yes, you're insane. <laughs> I'm insane. Have you seen what's happening? That man is a top three wide receiver. Here, here's where he's going to play somewhere. Somebody's going to pick him up because right now, here's what I think is about to happen. First off, where are this man's friends? Antonio, if this was any one of my friends and this was happening, I'd be calling a fucking intervention like today. We'd be getting somebody on the phone. We'd be going over the house. I don't know where this man's friends are, but they need to show up. Second point, John Gruden does not care about any of this. He wants his stud wide receiver because what people forget is John Gruden put up with Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson is not half of the player of what AB is right now, but he, and he also didn't have half the spectacle. But at the end of the day, John Gruden cares about production. He knows AB on the field is arguably – Probably the third best wide receiver in the league, I would put at this point in time. I go Hopkins, Jones, then A.B. So he's going to want production. Mike Mayock has obviously gone a little too far off the deep end. Well, not off the deep end. He did the right thing by you have to find him. You have to treat your player like another member of the 53 roster while you can still support him. But now he's in a position where he's got to suspend him. That relationship is obviously tarnished. So I think there's about to be a Game of Thrones level power struggle between A.B., in Mike Mayock, and it's ultimately going to come down to John Gruden. Who does he want? Who does he want to keep? I think at the end of the day, he's taking A.B. over Mike Mayock. I may be wrong about that, but I think he's taking A.B. And then if he doesn't take A.B. and they void that contract due to the suspension, I think somebody will pick him up and play him in the free market. That's what I think okay. is going to happen. That's fair. <laughs> the, the, I don't think he's going to play a down of football again. It was a little bit of a hot take, and I didn't believe it when I said <laughs> I it. I think that is as well. There was a Big overreaction because yeah. I think Mike Mack's crazy. He's trying to do what a coach would try to do. Yeah. Um, he's trying to save Al Davis money, which apparently I, I don't know why. Um, I mean, you know, for all te- for all intents, who? Mark Davis, not Al Davis. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Hey, you know, it's been a long it's, day. It's, yeah, it's been it's week one for us here on the Friday Friday crew. We're we're restarting. Anyways, yes. Yeah, so Al Davis. But, uh, I mean, the whole thing is crazy, too, because John Gruden basically hired Mike Mayock. Yeah. And and John Gruden wants Antonio Brown to play football for him. He doesn't care what's going on. He wants everything to get straightened out. 
And he wants Antonio Brown on the field. Oh, yeah. You know John Gruden right now is pissed off, flipping through the Oakland Raiders' offices. Because at the end of the day, he likes Mike, Mike Mayock. He's put together a pretty talented roster. I mean, there's some real talent on that team. It's a lot of potential danger personalities on that team. But there's some talent on that squad. He's got... He doesn't have to go out and find a coach, so that was easy off his. He can just focus on finding playmakers. You've got a huge playmaker in Antonio Brown. That cannot be denied. you got a quarterback who absolutely needs that playmaker to survive. Otherwise, Carr is probably on his, his way out of that organization. So I think at the end of the day, Gruden, all he cares about is production. That's all he's ever really cared about. So he's willing to take on this personality. He's willing to take on this guy who obviously has something going on outside of just because this isn't rational. What's happening no. is not what happens with a rational person. So there is something else going on here. The Oakland Raiders need to step up. His friends need to step up. Somebody needs to step up and intervene on this man's part before somebody gets hurt. But at the end of the day, I think A.B. will be playing football because that talent cannot be denied unless A.B. decides he no longer wants to play football, which may also be the case. He may be that He might be that dude who's breaking up with the Raiders before the Raiders can break up with him because he's done with football and breaking up with football and over it. That's kind of why I said my initial point, because he's crazy. He has lost his mind. So I do think there there could be a possibility that he never plays football again. And that's simply because he's decided he doesn't want to play football. Yeah, I think ultimately that's the only way he doesn't play football, is if he has decided that he no longer wants to play football, this is what a person does when they're like, I no longer want this, but I don't want the uh, really kind of other people to do it. So that they're self-destructing behavior kind of thing. Not a mm-hmm. healthy thing to be doing. But it's self-destructive behavior. That, at the end of the day, could very that will be the only reason this man is not playing football on Sundays, I think. If he decides he wants to play, there's going to be a team for him, whether it's the Raiders or somebody else, especially in the NFL, in a game where people are getting injured at a higher rate. Somebody is going to want this talent out there to support a quarterback, and they are going to take the flyer on Antonio Brown, as well as they're probably not going to have to pay him big money anymore because he's going to have to take what he can take at this point. Mm, I don't believe that. I think he'll only play football if the money's right, which the money will always be right. I don't think that there will ever be. Um, I, I don't think there. I don't think there will ever be a problem for AB to get money, big money from a team, no matter how he's acting. He's that kind of a talent. Yeah, that's not that's not an incorrect statement or sentiment. <laughs> I like how you got between sentiment and statement and just couldn't figure out the yep. right word. <laughs> My eyes were uh, right. glossing over to the TV over there, watching Mr. Uh, Aaron Rodgers here. All right, hot Let's start. <laughs> Let's move on to, to the seat. Start. Yeah, great, great uh, radio here. But in other NFL news, Dallas Cowboys have decided they're going to pay, I don't know, seven guys. <laughs> they're going to put a team together of seven people. Everybody seems to be getting paid. The bet's got to be that the salary cap is going to go up, which it will go up. But the big news, Ezekiel Elliott, six years, $90 million half of which is guaranteed the highest paid running back ever on guaranteed money. How are we feeling about the Zeke signing? I don't know how I like it, especially on Dallas. I mean, it's a lot of money for a running back. I did think they were going to at least hold out a little bit and not give them $90 million. But, hey, I mean, they need him. They're highly dependent on him. He's the only reason Dak Prescott looks any good. So, yeah, I mean, they have to do what you got to do. Here is the problem always with paying Zeke. I think that Zeke is obviously probably – he's arguably obviously in the top five probably running backs right now. I don't believe he's the best running back. I don't believe he's the second best running back. Maybe the third best running back in the league. We could debate that if we wanted to. But 
at the end of the day, the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of people they have to pay. The equation has to have been, what are you going to do with Dak? Because if you are, Dak is your guy, then you then decide what piece fits Dak the best. Is the bet a running back fits Dak the best? Or is it a stud wide receiver like Amari Cooper, who we saw as soon as he got traded on over to the Cowboys, he became the Amari Cooper that we all thought he was going to be and had showed signs of being. And Dak Prescott's game obviously stepped up. So right now, I would assume the evaluation is Zeke's what's best for Dak's overall um, growth if the bet is on Dak, which I think is the wrong bet to make, but they're kind of stuck with what they got. I would think about maybe going out and getting a veteran quarterback and then maybe go out and draft a guy because I don't think Dak is the answer long term. I think he's only as good as the assets you put around him. He is not going to make the assets better at the end of the day. Um, but that's the evaluation. And I guess the evaluation came down to uh, Zeke is the better player for Dak. Zeke's a better player for this team, which is hard not to deny that because he is a very special talent. Um, once again, not the best back, even though he thinks he is. I think that belongs to Barkley out in Giants land and then maybe Alvin Kamara down in Saints land. But, you know, <laughs> that is what it is. But that is what I think the evaluation is on this contract. I don't disagree with that. Um, I think I, I, I do see what you're saying. And I, I do agree that that kind of Zeke will be worth worthwhile to the team regardless of who's there so regardless of whether or not they can re-sign Amari Cooper re-sign uh Dak Prescott Zeke is always going to give you value if if they re-sign him and but to your point about bringing in a veteran quarterback have you seen some of the veteran quarterbacks out there yeah I mean it's not great I'm not going to deny the market ain't great <laughs> but the guy that gets you by for a year until you can have somebody you draft coming along Dak ain't exactly great either I don't think um, and the problem is you could put the argument could be made behind that offensive line that you could have gotten a half decent running back, still had a good run game, paid Amari Cooper, and then had a good pass game and be well balanced. But now you have a ton of money getting sucked up by the Zeke contract and you've had to pay all these other guys because you had to have an edge rusher. So you paid Lawrence. You had to have the offensive line. So you've taken care of the offensive line. You definitely need to be taken care of. You've taken care of a bunch of guys. You've taken care of. Zeke, there's only so much money to go around. So, you know, in the long term, this could work out because they're kind of paying the right positions outside of that running back position because, as we've seen in the NFL, you don't necessarily need a great running back to win. But he is a damn good running back. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. so I, it's, I don't have much more on that. You covered that pretty well. I know. Uh, my football brain is on. The, the muscle has been flexed. We're back in football season. We're ready to go. But let's get to what the people want. That is our Pick'em series. We are back for college picking. As I stated on the last show, it has been a rough go around for me. I haven't been able to buy a win since the 3.30 slot on Saturday started in college football. I have not won a single game since. I have not had a good go around it. I broke some rules as far as having a little drinks and then doing a little live betting, which Oregon screwed me on. That's neither here nor there. I started off the season 7-0. We're trying to get back to that record. So we'll start off right off the top. I got an under here for you. Or I apologize, not an under. I got an over here for you. One of my favorite teams over the last couple of years, the men in orange, good old Syracuse 21 going down and playing Maryland, who kicked the crap out of a team last week. Over is at 58. I think that is a good over to take. I think that there will be some... I think I'm thinking 30s range, game like 33-30, final score type of deal. I think that this is going to be heavily offense, uh, and I like the the over here in the Syracuse-Maryland game. 
I do not hate that. And that was the first game I was looking at. I was not looking at the over-under. I was looking at Syracuse here. Um, you Syracuse, Syracuse is the underdog. I bet on them a lot last year. Um, but the line has moved quite a bit. Not yeah. quite a bit. It started at two and a half. It went down to two. Now it's down at one and a half. They're one and a half point underdogs to Maryland. There's obviously some money coming in uh, on the Syracuse side, and they're they're trying to readjust. So I, I do like Syracuse. It's telling you something there when the line moves like that. Look, great coaching staff. Yeah, they don't have the, the quarterback they had last year in Dungy, but still a good guy there. I love my men in orange. They've been a great bet for me. Almost every time I go to that well, I come back a richer man. So I'm going to that well. I like that you're going to that well. We are in on the Syracuse Orange, which last year wasn't a great sign, but I feel like this year is going to be a turnaround luck. I like that over. I'm glad you're on that line. Here's a fun one for you. Miami UNC. I love Miami here. This might honestly be my lock of the week. Hell, I'm going to make it my lock of the week on the fly. Yes, Miami does not have a good offensive line as we saw against Florida, but guess what? UNC ate Florida. Yeah, they won against South Carolina last week, but anybody who watched that game with two eyeballs knows that wasn't a great game for UNC. I like that Miami has had some rest to really work on the offensive line. I think they come back better, stronger, faster. I think that offense starts to get some traction. I love the Miami defense. I think they're going to eat UNC alive. Mac Brown is not dancing this week. I am taking Miami at a minus five this week. Go Hurricanes. Hmm. Interesting, because I wrote down UNC, but after that, uh, you you pretty much talked me out of that. <laughs> it's the magic of Nate, people. It's the magic of Nate. <laughs> oh, Nathaniel, you you get me on the on the wrong side of um, betting here. Look, Although, I like them. when we agree. When we agree, things never go well. It doesn't go well, but the only flaw in Miami's game when you watch that Florida game was that offensive line. That's it. If that offensive line plays half decent, they probably win that football game. You got a lot of young talent on that. They got their butts kicked by a good Florida team. That team's going to be competitive. They have a much better front seven than UNC has. That isn't even debatable. I think by giving them this last kind of two weeks, essentially, to prepare for UNC, I think that gives the coaching staff a lot of time to help get this offensive line coached up based off the film that they saw, make sure they're doing some good drills. I think because of what I saw, I very much like Miami here. I don't think UNC is going to score a whole lot because that Miami defense is going, and I cannot say it's enough, terrorize them so i do like miami here because really that hole is that offensive line that offensive line gets shirt up even a little bit that team is a much different team down the line all right well i like that one now you flipped me <laughs> probably gonna go with that one and there then i'm also gonna go with florida atlantic oh, florida atlantic <laughs> plus 10 and a half over ucf okay they're florida atlantic's at, at home they started to turn it around in the second half against osu OSU did not look great in the second half of that game. I was pretty upset at that, uh, at them of not covering last week. So this is almost a spiteful pick, but I'm going to go FAU here. Ooh, I like that. I like that. All right. Um, now, here's one. This was a game last year that if you hit it, you hit it big because it was an upset. We got o Virginia Tech versus ODU at Virginia Tech. The line is at 28 and a half. That's a big line for Virginia Tech, who I am not a fan of when it comes to a lot of things. Now, I will support them. Had some family go there and all that, some friends. But 28, that's a big spread for a team that I don't have any real positive things to say about Virginia Tech. I think they are the pinnacle of mediocrity in college football. I think that uh, Fuentes down there, the head coach, 
is not a very good coach for that system. The system he's implemented offensively has not been working. I'm not a fan of it down there. I don't like ODU to win again because I don't think that's going to happen. But 28 is a big spread for Virginia Tech to cover. I don't have any faith that they can separate between an ODU team who is a competitive football team in Virginia. Not the best, but the competitive one. 28, they're not going to cover 29 points essentially to win this. I like ODU at plus 28 and a half. Not bad. I don't hate that. I did have that one circled. I did not have that one picked yet, though. I'm going to move on to another incompetent head coach, and that is Willie Taggart. I am going, going UL, I am going UL Monroe just simply <laughs> off of that collapse. Dehydration? You practice in Florida. What is wrong with you? How can oh, you blame that on dehydration? It's so perfect, too, because I bet Boise, and then I live bet them before halftime because I was like, this team's going to crumble. I know. They're the same team they were last year. They're poorly oh. conditioned. They're, they're not mentally strong in the second half. I love it. Poor hydration. <laughs> I checked out of that game. I stopped paying attention. To, went to go run some errands, come back, and uh, lost it. That's awesome. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like so I'm betting solely against coaching here. You, uh, UL Monroe. That's who All we're right. going with. There we go. Two, I like 22 that. and a half point favorites. All right. My next game here, I got the Mormon boys versus them Tennessee balls. I'm taking BYU, Mormons, all day long, oh, wow. plus four. Here's the thing, Tim. That was arguably one of the worst losses in college football. This is a Tennessee team. I ripped on them on Wednesday's show. They were a 25-point favorite. They paid that team close to a million dollars to come in and beat them. We had all this talk that Tennessee was returning to prominence. I think when you lose that demoralizing, when you've had that much negative press, when you've had that much coach questions about the coaching, and you go against a Brigham Young team, which we all know, for whatever reason, they are put together a football team. I still don't know how they do that every year. I don't know how the, those Mormons record a, uh, recruit a full football team, but they do. I like Brigham Young here. I like them at plus four. I don't think Tennessee gets back on track this week, at least. I think losing the way they did and the way they collapsed at the end of that game and just showed that they are not checked in if the going gets tough. I think Brigham Young goes into Tennessee, and I think they cover the plus four. Does Knoxville get burned down then? It might. You might have to disband the athletic program because the Elwood athletic program is an absolute dumpster fire. So <laughs> we'll see what goes on there because basketball, way overrated last year. And the first time they've actually been good um, – they were a good team. Not as good as people thought they were. This Tennessee football team hasn't been good since, I don't know, I was in diapers. Um, so, yeah, no faith in this Tennessee athletic de uh, department. I am taking Brigham Young here. BYU, let's go. Interesting. I, I, I do think they bounce back, so I do kind of like Tennessee there. Uh, after such embarrassment, I'm going to have to go against you on that one. <laughs> All right, here we go. We we're not go. using that as a pick. All right. I am going with another terrible football team, Rutgers. Oh, man. <laughs> Iowa, minus 19.5. I had this at 20. Now it's down to 19.5. Definitely going with Iowa on this one. Iowa will run them out of – run them off of the field. I was going to say run them out of the gym, but this isn't a gym. <laughs> Rutgers might be playing basketball for all I know. The way they look out on a football field – 
Iowa minus 19 and a half. No doubt. Book it. There's no way Rutgers even comes close. Rutgers is so bad. I don't hate that. I do not hate that. It makes no sense, though. They're from New Jersey. (laughs) There's so much football talent in New Jersey. Rutgers gets none of it. They don't even get the leftover scraps. It's a bad bad situation down in Rutgers uh, since Greg Schiano really left. Outside of that, they haven't really been much of a program. I don't dislike that pick. I got a pick for you here. Some are considering this the game of the week, Clemson versus Texas A&M. I like the LSU-Texas game as the game of the week. I cannot wait for that. I'm not picking that. I'm staying away from that because I just want to enjoy that and not have the added stress. But if I had to pick it, I'd probably go LSU, go Tigers. But Clemson versus Texas A&M, this is a tough one. I have gone back multiple times on this. The line is at 17. Clemson is obviously the powerhouse. Clemson is obviously the blue chip. Clemson is obviously... The best team outside of Alabama and Georgia, and it's not even close. I think there's a deep fall off after that. But Texas A&M has a habit of covering games, especially in the season, that they have no business covering. I expect this to be a close game. I expect the under to be a very strong possibility. I am taking Texas A&M. It was a late switch, but just off my years of watching college football, after betting Texas A&M a good amount— I know that they have these games where, for whatever reason, don't know what the reason is, could not tell you, they seem to play better in, when the spotlight is brightest as far as covering goes. So I think that they are going to cover the 17-point spread, and I am going with Texas A&M. I will put it in the degenerate port so you'll know if I change my mind, but I'm leaning heavily, heavily towards Texas A&M right now to cover. Not to win, but to cover. I don't hate that. What What do you feel? What are your feelings on the Army Michigan game? <laughs> Here's the thing: I did not watch as much Michigan football this weekend as I wanted to. I wanted to do a little little scouting on them. Or, <sighs> I think Michigan's probably going to be okay here in this spot. I would hope so. But there is a possibility. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to go 10 percent possibility. Army covers this. I don't hate that. They, I tuned in and out of the game quite a bit. But every time I looked up, they were doing something stupid. They were doing something <laughs> sloppy. They were either fumbling the ball or they were uh, or they were running Dylan McCaffrey like he was a running back. Yeah. I did not understand it. They were doing these stupid little, like, they, they were running this two-quarterback system but not letting Dylan McCaffrey throw. So they were really running a one-quarterback system with a quarterback that was subbed in as a running back, which didn't doesn't make any sense. So yeah. I don't know how I feel about this game. I, I, wa- I want to root for Army, so yeah. I, I don't need to gamble on this game to root for Army because I hate Michigan anyways. But, you know. The 22 points is a lot. I mean, that's a lot for a Michigan team who's had an offense stuck in the 1920s for uh, since Harbaugh's been there. But – as people keep telling me, it's a new-look offense, new offense coordinator. He's not having as much kind of play-calling um, power, hardball. It takes a while for offenses to sink in in both college and the NFL. It's easier to play defense at the end of the day. But I've got to think that Michigan, with kind of who they have as far as talent-wise, covers the 22 points. But I don't know. The more I think about it, 22 points is a lot for, for an old – if it was old Michigan – yeah, I'm t- probably taking Army to cover 22. But it's apparently a new look, Michigan. 
once again, I wouldn't take too much credit into what I'm saying right now because I did not watch as much Michigan football last week as I as I wanted to. I'm definitely going to be tuning into this game, so I'll give my honest take on Michigan next week. So make sure you tune in. But not terrible. You know what? No, I'm I'm flipping on this one. I don't. I, th- this will be one of my picks. Michigan. I have completely switched my pick just by thinking about this. I've debated it in my mind while you're while you're uh, going back and forth on them, and I think that this will be a blowout. And this is pretty much a lock. They did the same thing last year. They looked great in one game and then terrible in the next. They did this every time, and ev- it, w- it was every time that I bet on them. That's when they looked terrible, and they did not cover the big spreads. I think they will cover this one. They will just pound the ball down Army's throat. Army's defense will be a little too small for them, and they'll just kind of manhandle them all the way down the field. And they'll win this game like 45-10 to 10 or something crazy. All right. All right. We can take that. We can take that. Now, those are all my picks here, but I will little word to all the generates out there. The Hawaii game, if you're chasing it down the line, Hawaii at Oregon State, they are on island. It's only minus six and a half. We are now getting all those games, thank goodness, to Facebook. That's an interesting line. That's a little juicy. I like that Hawaii uh, minus six and a half. So if you need one, check it out. See how you feel about it before putting it on there. But I do like that. I do think Hawaii puts them some points on Oregon State, on Island. I like Hawaii minus six and a half. That's my last pick of the day. All right. Well, you had me scroll down to the late games. And if you're looking for another one to to take, um, I'm looking at Washington. Washington minus 14. I love Jacob Eason. I liked him at Georgia. He can sling the ball around. He can put up points in numbers. He can throw 50 passes a game a game and just sling the ball down the field. I like Washington minus 14 and a half. There's no way I'm going to remember all these picks. I'm going to have to listen back just to even try and find what I, what I threw out there in this one. I am a big Jacob Easton fan, but that's, that's not a bad, bad lineup we got here for you week two. So we'll be back with you next week to see what's going on there. But as always, peace.